ain't ain't a word, so I ain't gonna use it. You hear that, children? Ain't ain't a word, so I ain't gonna use it. I ain't gonna use it. I ain't right in the head. Yeah, that could take a long. Why? Because it's my show. That's why. I hope someday this band performs live in New York City on one of those Good Morning Today America shows. I mean... If a rap star can do it, then why not them, right? Uh, welcome to the uh, Ain't Right in the Head podcast. I'm your Ain't Right in the Head podcaster. I had to put that in as well so everyone gets confused. Mark Hoffman. And yeah, it's true. I was watching one of those live concert segments of one of those shows this week, and they had a Grammy-nominated rapper there to perform and they do the interview prior to the performance and this guy i i don't know he can barely talk, know how to talk or put together a sentence but and like and the things he did put together it was like totally street like yeah yeah you know uh, i got the bd and the a woo goo 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 all pointing ups in the bees know what i'm saying <laughs> like the two white women interviewing him they're smiling and nodding but they don't know what he's saying. The audience has no clue what he's saying. And odds are the rapper himself didn't know what he was saying. Know what I'm saying? At that point, I had to watch the performance because I just had to see what what creativity would emerge from such a mess of a human. Because I mean, he could have been like an idiot savant or something, but you never know. So, um, lack of a better word, the song started and um it's crap total crap i mean you know i'm not i'm not a rap aficionado by any stretch of the imagination but i'm just i know it sounds god awful to me and (laughs) that certainly made the uh the list um but there are points in the song where the audio would just like cut out for a second and then come back and it kept occurring and I, at first, assumed that, you know, that was the feed. It was going in and out, you know, maybe like a bad signal or something. <laughs> then I realized they were censoring all the profanity in the song the guy was singing on morning TV. Like, how wonderful that the Thompson family from Boise, Idaho, <laughs> visiting the city for the first time and holding up a sign wishing their Aunt Nana a happy 83rd birthday. And they get to hear music about slapping up bitches and hoes at 10 o'clock in the morning. I, I like to think the censor people uh, for the network, they're like in a room. And it's like mission control. <laughs> it's like they have multiple panels in front of them. And they're going over the lyrics and, and lack for the lack of the better word, a song being performed and the director is telling the employee who pushes the button you know get ready for the lyric here we go it's called getting my dick all wet up in that dat ass in five seconds followed by use of the n-word six more times ah the magic of morning television but uh 
actually for today's podcast, I'd like to transition to movies if I could. Okay, so I want to talk about Rocky Four. I mean, I love Rocky Four. I mean, it's in my top five favorite Rocky movies up to Rocky Four. Anyway, it's the classic tale of David versus Goliath after Goliath kills Black David in a boxing ring. But I don't want to discuss the cultural impact the movie made or its weight on the Cold War. What I want to talk about is the relationship between Polly and the robot. Now, I don't know the uh, demographics of the three people who listen to this podcast, but before I continue, I think I should uh, let you know a little bit about these characters. All right, so to start off, the story of Rocky, uh, the Rocky franchise, is about an underdog boxer getting a shot at the heavyweight title. And in the continuing movies, he won, made a comeback, eventually made a fortune, and he uh, moved his wife, Adrian, his son, Rocky Jr., and she also moved Adrian's brother, Polly, into his mansion. Now, it's it's hard to call Polly, the character of Polly, um, played by Burt Young, a lovable drunk. I mean, he's not like like drunks that we've seen in cinema, like Arthur... Um, Arthur Two on the Rocks, or you know Willy Wonka. No, Polly is mean, abusive, jealous, petty, self-loathing. He goes off the handle and only has mere moments of humanity that shine through the sewage-infested bunghole that is all him. Uh, basically, he's the greatest cinematic character in all of movie history. Uh, it's, it, it, he's like a train wreck on film. You can't turn away, you know, however you want to put it. Now, in Rocky IV, there's a part where it's Polly's birthday. And he's, you know, living in the mansion with Rocky and the family. Okay, so he's sitting at the birthday table and with the cake in front of him, wearing a wife beater drinking a beer and the family you know they're all dressed nice they're sitting all around them they're singing happy birthday at one point rocky has a, a special birthday gift for polly and it, it comes this huge uh like robbie robot i mean it's it's a huge robot like you know life size uh and you know the robot said he's here to serve Polly, you know. Now, you have to understand that the only moving metal that Polly is used to seeing are beer cans floating in front of his face in double vision. So, so naturally, he's freaked out by a talking robot. And, you know, the thing, this movie is like, what, 30 years old, too. So, I mean, yeah, okay, it would freak him out, no doubt, something back then. All right, uh, but also in that same scene, you know, they're singing happy birthday to Polly. And in the, the second before Polly's about to blow out the candles, Rocky's spoiled brat of a son sets off a fire extinguisher on the cake, covering Polly and whatever uh, crap that's in that. And so, like, <laughs> um, in hindsight, I guess it was probably a smart move since Polly was likely drinking all day, every day forever and the flames of his breath would have ignited the cake and set fire to the mansion like a flamethrower i mean it would have been faster to lose the house that way instead of waiting until rocky five when paulie's bad financial investments would up you know wind up foreclosing on the mansion but that's that's another review for another time but back to the party and the birthday cake and the happy birthday and the fire extinguisher everyone's laughing in the room 
But like even like now when I watch it, and I have seen this movie like twenty times probably, even now when I watch it, I'm just waiting for that moment when Paulie reaches across that table and Jack slaps that little bastard. <laughs> he doesn't do it, obviously, but uh, he doesn't even lose his temper at all because even a filthy pig animal like Paulie can have respect for his brother-in-law, Rocky Balboa. Plus, he knows Rocky would probably turn his face inside out if Paulie even gives his son a scorn look. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, so later on in the film, the robot makes another appearance, but now it talks with like this sexy woman's voice and it's handing him a beer. And, you know, Rocky, his jaw drops when he sees and hears this because, you know, he's used to hearing Adrian nagging him 24 7 about not fighting anymore. So, I mean, he's probably longing for the days when she was a, like a mute working at the pet shop. So, you know, uh, Rocky's asking Polly, Polly, what'd you do to this robot? Polly goes, oh, she loves me. <laughs> so, now, uh, the part that hasn't been explored in this movie is the fact that I'm pretty sure Polly had sex with this robot. He had to. I mean, I think he didn't seal the deal until after that scene when her voice was changed. But I'm certain he thought about it prior to that. So think about it. I mean... He was probably drunk and stumbling around after his birthday party. He's looking for his bottle of Mad Dog 2020 when suddenly the robot arrives with a bottle in its hand and or claw. I can't remember what it had. He gives it to Polly. <laughs> so Polly probably gives it one of those stares that drunks give that lasts a little too long. <laughs> it's like his mind's trying to assess things that are, you know, going on through the haze. But, um, yeah, he probably says something to the robot like, Hey, you're okay. And then you notice there's an outlet in the bottom of the robot, in the back. And then, you know, different thoughts start forming. But before he can do anything, he needs to change that voice. Because even Polly, even he knows that he'll be caught sooner or later. I mean, come on. And he knows the sight of him with his pants around his ankles and him, him following Rocky around the mansion saying, I ain't no queer rock over and over again would be his hard ticket to a shithole apartment. <laughs> so, so much like the grain used in his malt liquor, Polly knows that he has to plant seeds. He sobers up for a few hours and reads up on robotics and learns how to change the robot's voice. And then in front of witnesses introduces his upgrades and says, you know, there's, he, he indicates there's a relationship between the two. You know, she loves him. Everyone hears him, but no one cares because Apollo Creed is over at the house and he's planning to fight the Russian that would eventually kill him. Sorry, spoiler alerts for anyone who didn't see Rocky four, but you know, sadly that happens. Now I know what you're saying, but Mark, if Polly had a relations with the robot, how come that it wasn't explored in Rocky Four, as all the other Rocky movies prior to that point had an element of love, like Rocky and Adrian in the first Rocky, Rocky and Adrian again in Rocky Two, as they were married, she was hospitalized after they, she gave birth, so like his love and faith was tested, you know. And of course, Rocky Three, where the love element was Rocky and Apollo, and yes, I'm talking about the beach training montage scene. <sighs> Yeah. Anyway, 
So for Rocky Four, I mean, I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. I mean, maybe maybe there wasn't time to truly fit in and explore like all the aspects of that forbidden love in that movie. Uh, maybe audiences weren't ready for something like that at the time. Um, maybe they didn't even know how to film such a monstrosity. I mean, I've imagined it a thousand times, obviously, and I wouldn't even know how to film it. So yeah. now. <sighs> If you're wondering how I'm sure Polly had sex with a robot, <laughs> you would say it is. Polly had sex with a robot. <laughs> hey, Polly, we have sex with a robot. Um, you know how how am I sure? Well, you have to look at the clues in the remainder of the of the movie. I mean, Polly, you know, he did have a certain glow to him, and uh, his mood was vastly improved. I mean, even when he was helping Rocky train in Russia in that cabin with like, you know, seven feet of snow around them, his bitching level was down versus when he helped Rocky train with Apollo in Los Angeles for Rocky three. Plus, I'm sure, you know, Polly probably smuggled a lawnmower rotor or something to Russia as a <clears throat> memento of his love back home. <laughs> Yo, Polly, what, what are you doing with that lawnmower part? <laughs> Never mind, don't look. Do some push-ups or something, why don't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, how I know, okay, well, I think uh, it was either Mozart or maybe Miley Cyrus who said something like, the true genius of a piece of music is what you don't hear in the music. And, and that's true, and that's true in the genius of Rocky IV, because, you know, when you don't see, you truly know in your heart that an old fart drunk had sexual intercourse with a robot leading up to the greatest boxing match in the world. So, I mean, check out Rocky Four today and you can see it for yourself. So, I mean, I mean, if you like, if you like that, check out next week's episode. Uh, it's where I discuss the backstory of two minor, minor characters from the movie Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, I've been thinking about this for years. I'm not kidding you. There's two characters in Beverly Hills Cop. You're not going to know who they are. <laughs> You're never going to guess. You're going to have to see the movie after I talk about this, and you'll kind of go, yeah, that is kind of weird. You know, it, I, I, Honestly, I've been thinking about this for years. So um, you know, stay tuned for that. Okay, so I, I found two stories that I, this week that I wanted to share. Uh the first says here, it's a, a seaside town is planning to install public toilets that will stop sexual activity by spraying the amorous occupants with water and sounding an alarm. Well, I mean, unless you're into that stuff, because believe you me, there's likely a fetish out there involving water spraying from public toilets and alarms going off. I mean, if anything, these toilets will probably help identify the truly kinky in this town. Um, this town's in um, uh, England. Okay, yeah, yeah, figures the queen's going after them. Um, yeah, um, let's see. The new uh, toilets are designed to prevent antisocial behavior, such as vandalism and drug-taking. The toilets will have a weight-sensitive floor to make sure only one person is using each cubicle at a time. Wow. Uh, any violent movement will set off a water jet to soak users, sound an alarm, and automatically open the doors. The water jets will also be used to prevent smoking and drug-taking, 
and the walls and floors will be resistant to graffiti. Oh, that's kind of a shame. I mean, I like to read something that says, you know, for a good time, call, oh, shit, I'm getting soaked with water. I I sure hope this is water. (laughs) Explanation point. Uh, Let's see. It goes on. Planning documents for the facility say rough sleepers will be deterred by a time limit on how long a person can use the cubicles. I mean, rough sleeper. I mean, I don't know if that's like, uh, like a British way of saying, you know, sexy sex, but, uh, but I mean, but good Lord. I mean, so many sensors and devices for the user to use caution around. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a European restroom or a Japanese game show, like one wrong move. And like, it's like an injector button. Going to send send someone. I mean, like they said that like to curb violent behavior. I mean, come on, guys, and maybe some ladies. There's been times you've had violent shits. I mean, don't deny it. I, it happens to me, and I tell people about it all the time. And uh, now I got to be wary about something where. It's going to involve me like, slamming my feet against the floor and, you know, just, you know, grabbing the toilet seat <laughs> with all my might just so I can stay on. It's like riding a bull sometimes. Let's, uh, let's, let's not pretend. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Um, let's see. A time lock would also open and shut the toilets every morning and evening. I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the precise reason America was formed <laughs> to get away from such tyranny? I mean, okay, if I'm in a romantic mood and I want to go to a public restroom to do drugs, have violent sex and make a record of said interaction on the bathroom wall with the hooker's lipstick or my own feces, then damn it, I should do so without being hassled by the man. That being said, anti-sex toilets is a decent name for a punk rock band. I mean, their one and only hit is the song Call Girl Swamp Ass in a Glass. Wait, maybe that was uh, Still Panther. Well, anyway. All right, story number two, so to speak. Um, It says, add some sparkle to your number two with glitter-infused vitamin pills. Wanted that to sink in a second. Okay. The company, uh, we are Phil... Not, you know, feel like Phil Donahue, like we are Phil, F-E-E-L, which kind of is kind of creepy. Now I think about it a little bit more. But anyway, uh, let's see. A, a supplement subscription company has been getting a lot of attention online lately for bizarre limited edition multivitamin pill designed to make your toilet sparkle when you do a number two. I mean, a.k.a. glitter poop. Uh, the sparkly supplement, which costs $14.50 for 30 capsules, contains 18 different vitamins and minerals, including vitamin A, vitamin D3, folic acid, zinc, iron, as well as a lot of edible glitter that passes straight into the stool, allegedly allegedly base, making it sparkle when your toilet falls. It sounds like it's a crime, but they allegedly <laughs> sparkle in your toilet. Okay, um... According to We Are Phil, the glitter, while edible, is not fully digested by the human stomach, so you can expect it all to end up in your stool. Well, it's another comforting. Why not skip the middleman and just dump the glitter straight in the toilet? I mean, it'll stay there. Trust me. I mean, this is coming from a guy who has a nine-year-old girl. Glitter stays 
forever. I, I mean, I still find glitter in my underwear from a bachelor party three years ago. <laughs> so that glitter's not going anywhere. Trust me. You don't have to go do desperate measures to you know, just shit out glitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I just lost my place. Where'd I go? Oh, okay. Uh, they're saying about the, uh, ingredients and, uh, um, as glitter's not fully digested by the body, giving users the desire, desired effect. I mean, what do you do before you flush? You take a selfie and send it to relatives. Hey mom and dad doing great on my first week away from home. And here's a pic of me and my sparkly dump hashtag poop rocket and flight. <laughs> you know? Oh man. Okay. The non-toxic glitter and we are fill multivitamin capsules is made from Acadia gum and food colorings and contains no GMO. Well, that's nice to know. I mean, they're, they're cautious of that. Uh, let's see. They say that we are fill brand says, <clears throat> Uh, being healthy and getting all the nutrients you need shouldn't be a dull and boring experience. Hopefully, the prospect of having glitter, a glitter, glittery, glitter, glittery toilet will encourage more people to get their daily dose of nutrients. <clears throat> okay, um, I say in this case, skip the nutrients and go straight to the psychiatric medication. I mean, I remember someone asking me if me doing this podcast, <laughs> along with my weekly humor column and radio show, would cause me to run out of materials. Judging by those two stories, nah, I, I think I'll be fine. Well, that's it for me, folks. Another great episode done and over with. Uh, I want you to check out my humor column running tomorrow in the Herald Standard www.heraldstandard.com go to the community section and look up according to Hoffman and you'll read uh, this week's column it's about me making a uh, 13 million dollar hamburger it is now the most expensive hamburger in the world I reveal my secret so it's in print so you can't do anything about it uh, also check out um my radio show every Friday on WMBS 590 AM. And I want you to also check out a uh, brand new episode of Murder, She Wrote. Tonight's episode is the one where Jessica falls in love with a male robot. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the 80s. What can I say? Male robot sex was just starting to emerge. I mean, you don't see Jessica have sex with a robot, obviously, but... Just remember, you, you gotta look for look for those notes that you can't hear. <laughs> that's what you got to do. Um, all right, well, that's it for me. You guys take care. I'm out.